You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. The following episode contains spoilers from Season 8, Episode 5 of Game of Thrones. Welcome to this episode, episode five of the Thrones Y'all podcast. My name is Jamie and I'm your host. This is going to be a very controversial episode because this past week, it was a pretty divided um, opinion on what was going on with respect to the storyline with Danny and her destruction of the Red Keep and just so many other elements of Game of Thrones this past week. So we're here to dive in and talk about it. Angelica, our wonderful moderator, is back to go into the details of this episode, The Last War. And we have a new special guest with us this week, Ryan. Um, Ryan, gosh, I screwed it up already. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Ryan, so before we start, Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself to the podcast listeners and what got you into Game of Thrones. All right. Um, I am an audio engineer during the day for a morning uh, news show here in Charlotte. So um, and that's why this is so exciting for me, because usually when I need to get away from the crazy people, because, yes, people still are crazy. Uh, the world of live news I can kind of take a break and listen to like black uh, black girl nerds so this is pretty cool to be able to um, you know hopefully listen to myself in a little bit you know but um, Game of Thrones I got into Game of Thrones I wish I had a more in- I wish I had a, like something that was a little more interesting but it was really just co-workers family like my my dad is like a huge fan was just like you need to watch the show you have to watch the show so I just sat down one day and I was like, okay, let me try, you know, season one, episode one. And I was like, I got through the season, you know, hardcore binge. I was like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Then I saw Danny come out of that fire with some dragons on her shoulder. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. You got me. Cause I need to know, like, I just need to follow. Even as for the dragons, I just need to follow. So I'm kind of <laughs> mad we down to one, you know, so, but you know. I, I'm still I'm still hanging with it, and it was a lot of fire in this episode. So I need to stop talking so you guys can get into it. <laughs> well, let's let's go for it, Angelica. Let's break it down. Oh yeah. Well, um, oh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. yes. I'm not hearing playback. Okay. Sorry. All right. So, um, I just want to get your guys' 
reaction? Like, what did you think overall without getting into details? Well, what did you guys think of the episode itself? I'm still processing it. There was just so much going on in this episode. I haven't met, I haven't made heads or tails yet as to where my opinions lie. Um, I know it's been very controversial because there were a lot of unexpected circumstances that happened in this episode that people were mostly disappointed is from what I'm reading online and just Ugh, my sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then plus friends of mine on Facebook that are book readers and TV watchers that were disappointed. So um, I, I can't say that I was disappointed. Uh, I, I'm not entirely happy about it. I'm not entirely satisfied by the events that took place, but um, it, it wasn't a deal breaker for me. And we still have one more episode left to go. So I don't think until that episode ends that I can clearly articulate what my opinion was on last night's episode. Okay. Uh, okay. I can, I can dig it. Um, Ryan. Yeah. I Yeah. I was trying to try to get my thoughts together. Cause I'm still a little jumbled on it too. I'm like right in the <laughs> middle on it. Cause I, I don't, I, yeah, I didn't hate it. Like if you, if you just take out just like the cinematography and all that stuff was wonderful. Usually as game of Thrones does. Um, if you just follow on like the action, just, you know, without keeping anything specific about it, I was with it. I was, you know, I was drawn. I was like on the edge of my seat yelling. You guys don't want to know what I was yelling at the screen. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You know, as a fan, I was with it. Like I said, uh, you know, a little bit like Jamie. I don't really know exactly how I feel. Like, I'm not really like, oh, I hate this. This is the worst idea they ever came up with. But I still don't know. how. Like, I watch it twice. And I still don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Okay. Fair point. Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not that person that's overly critical. That's just never been my thing. I enjoyed the ride. Unless it was just like completely sloppily written with a bunch of plot holes, like I'm good. So um, like you said, from a cinema- cinematography standpoint, it was amazing to watch. It was it was a it was a beautiful episode um yeah. outside of the carnage. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I enjoyed the ride. I just basically buckled in and watched Danny unleash hell essentially so you i was glam i was good glam. <laughs> i like the way you said that i was good so i don't know about all the rest of y'all but i was, I was fine good. <laughs> if you caught that little meme of that little smug face chubby little baby that like you know that meme i'm talking about with little boy he's kind of looking really smug like that was me oh, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was me watching the destruction of king's landing because at the end of the <laughs> day of that yeah it is yeah okay <laughs> I'm with you. (laughs) At the end of the day, like I try to, I try to reason that those people called for Ned Stark's death anyway. So I I didn't really, I didn't really have a lot of sympathy. I was like, burn them all. (laughs) 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 So that was me. Um, But let's get into the episode. Let's get into the down and dirty. So the episode begins with betrayal. Like our dude varies while he is very loyal to the realm. He is not loyal to any one leader. And it looks like he's dispatching letters to uh, who knows, but he's dispatching letters throughout the region, basically outing John as the true heir to the throne. And one of his little birds walks in. I thought that was cute. I'm like, he's still, he still is the master, or the, 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 the spider, the master of secrets. So he, he has eyes everywhere. Um, so he talks, he kind of gets a report from his little bird. She tells him that Danny hasn't left the room. She's, she hasn't eaten anything. She's clearly very much in her feelings and very upset about Masande's death. It's, it's, I mean, I'm still bothered you know, it's been a week, so <laughs> I can only imagine. I can only imagine Danny. So 
you know, you think for a moment that maybe Varys got, gets away with it because at this point, Danny isn't aware. But Tyrion ends up checking in on Danny. Um, we actually, actually, let me back up a little bit. So right after Varys talks to his little bird, you see Tyrion watching the beach. John comes back because Dragonstone is very close to King's Landing. So he comes back. Um, he talks to Varys. Uh, Varys basically tells him he's concerned about Danny's mental state. And he has a pretty good quote. He says, um, every time a Targaryen is born, the gods toss a coin and the world holds its breath. And he says he doesn't know where Daenerys' coin will fall, but he knows where Jon's is. And he basically tells him, like, I want you to be on the Iron Throne. And Jon has been very adamant since he took on a leadership role. I don't want it. Um, so once again, it's very treasonous what he's talking. And so Tyrion ends up going to Danny, checks in on her. And by the way, homegirl is is looking hit. Like <laughs> rough. Yes, she is. Yeah. So rough right now. So Man. rough. Like you've never seen Danny like this. Usually she's all like for the most part outside of her wandering in season two, she's always been like very put together. Her hair, her braids are in place. I'm like, who is braiding her hair now that Masande's on? <laughs> yeah she's not seeing anybody she's kind of enclosed herself in that room so right where yeah Yeah. but she she stinking everything but anyway she's (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying uh (laughs) so she's just out there just moping about in her bedroom or i guess uh near the painted table and Tyrion approaches her and he's like hey i know you're in a bad mood but here's more bad news um there's a betrayal so she says uh it was john huh and he kind of explains it like no it wasn't john john told sansa sansa told me i told varies so it was varies um so then danny kind of was like no it was john because i told john not to tell anybody and like an idiot he told his sister so it's john um but ultimately the person that pays the price for it is varies um danny warned him she told him when he first came into our service if you betray me it's your death. And just like Melisandre prophesied, he was going to die in um, Westeros. So Greywon comes to collect him. Dare, uh, Varys takes off his rings. It's almost like he knew his end was coming. Like he was just trying whatever he can he could to get John on the throne or get the word out. But I, I, I know in my heart, I think he knew all along that he would end up dying. So he gets uh, brought before Danny. She sentences him to death. Um, Tyrion kind of apologizes. He kind of says, it was me, kind of like Olana, Olena Terrell. But he's sad about it. Because if you think about it, um, outside of Jamie, Varys is one of his closest friends, especially since they started working together, working for Danny. So he doesn't want to see this man die, but he did betray his queen, so he has no choice. Um, nice. So, you know, Varys at least took it like a man, you know, despite the fact he doesn't have balls. And... <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> yeah, 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 and he 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 was burned alive by uh Drogon Dracarys. So that was the end of Varys, and it, I was a little. Can I just say mm-hmm. that was very Jurassic Park right there? It was like, the, way the, the way it came up behind her. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> like the way I was like, what? Yeah, he came out yeah. from the shadows, and then it took him a minute. Yeah, it was very creepy, and then it took him a minute to like breathe that fire. Like I was like, "Come on, just do it already." That was a very dramatic <laughs> moment because I thought Drogon was like going to change his mind or something. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Why is he hesitating? But yeah, they wanted to prolong that prolong that moment. So. I mean, he took it like a champ. You didn't even hear him cry. So 
Yeah. R.I.P. to Vary. Um, he was loyal to the realm, but unfortunately, that did not get him anywhere. So, sorry, man. Uh, yep. And what was he burning? Did you happen to notice what he was he burning? Like a letter or something? Like when they came mm-hmm. up to get him? Yeah, well, I guess like he was dispatching these little letters saying that John was the heir to the throne. So I guess he was hiding his the evidence. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah, my, my, I mean, my main man's gone. It's our um, yeah, RIP. Um, <laughs> those one of many deaths. <laughs> man, he did it to himself. I mean, I can't even be mad at it. He did it to himself, yeah, yeah. Guy. So, we move on to Danny. She's a little bit more put together. She had to like clean up, you know, to and very so she's in i guess back in her room and gray room is there with her so that's only her only other trusted companion that she brought in from essos um and he kind of they kind of i, I want to say it's like a little memorial for masande they take out her collar which is the only thing she brought over from essos she gives it to gray worm gray worm still really hasn't grieved for her death and he just takes the collar and tosses it into the fire so that was, I guess, their little way of saying goodbye to Masande. I mean, I don't know if they ever buried her body. We never got to see that. But this was, in a way, a, a memorial in honor of her. So <sighs> RIP to my curl queen. Uh, <laughs> I'm still upset about that. Um, anyway, so John comes in. John comes in. He talks to Danny. Grey Worm excuses himself. And they discuss the repercussions of his secret. And she, just like we kind of mentioned the last episode, John is very, is loved in the North. Or actually, I mean, in Westeros in general, he is well-received. He is loved. Danny is not loved. She's feared. So John tries to soothe her. And he tells her, like, I love you. And you'll always be my queen. And they start to kiss. And once again, John pulls back. And so at that point, Danny kind of resigns herself. And she, you know, she says she's not love, she's feared. So she's like, okay, I guess let it be fear. And um, I think it's kind of, uh, in addition to all the things that's been happening to her, it starts to become her undoing. What do you guys think? Yeah. That, that felt like a very, uh, have you guys ever seen the movie A Bronx Tale? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that moment felt like that scene in A Bronx Tale where he says, do you rather be uh, loved or feared? And he was like, I'd rather be feared because fear lasts longer than love. So, um, yeah, it was it was a very interesting moment. And uh, that that was a little bit of a hint. I felt like a little bit of foreshadowing of Danny's madness that was coming into the fold. Like she's like, well, let it be fear. And I'm like, "Okay, uh, Aries is coming. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because John would have been, I feel like John is the only one that's going to reach her at yeah, this point. I agree. Because she really doesn't have, like, everybody else, is, everybody else is gone. And she doesn't really trust that many people. So I feel like when he did what he did for the second time, when they went through this whole thing again, she was like, okay, well, let me just go with fear then, because obviously this is not going to change. This situation is not going to change. Agreed, agreed. She, and she was almost like uh, emulating Cersei, like, I choose violence. So that definitely mm-hmm. goes down later on in the episode so that kind of segues over to Tyrion and Danny having a conversation in the throne room and Dragonstone and Tyrion is pleading with her like please whatever you do just do not burn the city there's tens of thousands of lives that will be lost that had nothing to do with this and to a degree Danny is kind of justifying I mean I'm not sure if she knows for sure what she's going to do but she's saying like well they're not as innocent as you make them out to be. You know, the slaves in Slaver's Bay 
they rose up against the masters and they took on my cause. The people in King's Landing are content to be under, you know, Cersei's tyranny. So like how innocent are they really? So it's almost like she's trying to justify in her mind why she's doing what she's doing. Um, And Tyria ends up kind of coming to a compromise with her. Like, okay, like, let's go. But if the bells are rung, please accept the peace. So I'm not sure if she agrees or not, but she kind of nods her head and then she tells Grey Worm to run you the Unsullied. So we're not sure what's going to happen at that point, but we know that she at least plans on storming King's Landing. Whether or not she burns it is up to her. Um, so we actually go to King's Landing at this point. Now all the refugees are being um, rushed into King's Landing. Um, we do kind of uh, have, I, I don't want to call them throwaway characters, but like almost like red shirts, which is the mother and her young daughter. Those are like the only, the two people in King's Landing that we follow outside of our main character. So they're kind of there trying to get into King's Landing to get away from, I guess, the siege. But that, I mean, t- uh, tell me if this makes sense or not. If you were from King's Landing, would you be in King's Landing or would you flee somewhere else? Like, why do they think that would be safe? But do they yeah. know the extent of what is about to happen? Right. Like, are oh, the question. Yeah. aware of what's yeah. going on? Because I don't Cersei's like... Yeah, yeah, because I feel like Cersei was just like, oh, you know, you'll be fine. You can see them like trying to mm-hmm. usher them in there. You know, everybody's going around look like they are confused and they're like, well, go this way. Go right, towards right, the right. Okay. Yeah. I just know me. I would be heading for the hills. Like I would see like there's a northern army at the gates. You know, there's the Iron Fleet and the Unsullied out there on the sea. We don't know where the Dragon Queen is. Like I'm getting the hell out of Dodge. You know, that's just me. Yeah, I would have been done. I would have been gone. Yeah, I have been gone. But remember, we're smarter yeah. than the, you know, the rest. So <laughs> yeah. we as the audience, we know exactly True. everything that's going on. They don't. They're probably completely oblivious. So they were just trying to get uh, back that to makes their sense. You know, They were closing their shutters like that was going to protect yeah. them. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> that was a funny tweet. Um, yeah, so they're pouring into the city. So Tyrion, John, Grey Roan, along with their armies, arrive. Arya and the Hound make it in the town. Um, and then Tyrion kind of decides to strike up a deal with Davos because he learns from Danny earlier that Jamie was captured trying to get back to King's Landing. And Danny was very adamant this is another mistake your brother was not loyal. If you make another mistake, I promise you it will be your last. So he decides to. <laughs> he just taking L's left and right <laughs> so he decides to free his brother he goes to and like first of all Jamie's stay getting captured like he can't catch a break for real he's <laughs> on brand I'm telling y'all he's on brand with that oh cap god yeah so he yeah. like once again he's like tied up to a post like John Smith style in Pocahontas and uh, <laughs> that's, I mean he's blonde too it just came to mind <laughs> <laughs> so Tyrion once again tries to convince him he's like you're the only person that can get through to Cersei you need to talk to her tell her to back down and then Jamie's like that's not gonna happen like I could never she, he's just like just do what you can like if anything for your child so you know Jamie agrees and if all else fails what the least he could do is get the bell uh ring the bells so they kind of give their little farewell and they have a nice little moment. Like I almost teared up a little bit because I don't think I've ever heard like Jamie or Tyrion weep together. And Jamie or Tyrion yeah. tells him, you were the only one that didn't treat me like a monster. You were all I had. And I was just like, oh, 
<laughs> yeah, and I think one of them started crying. I was like, oh. So, that was a very tender moment. I'm glad that they had, because I mean, that essentially becomes right. like their last moment together. So I'm glad that they had that really touching um, scene between the two of them. Because Tyrion and Jamie, they, they've been through a lot. And Tyrion and Jamie's relationship as siblings, that's the one I think um, remarkable and I don't know, just kind of hopeful thing about the Lannister right. family is, is that relationship. So I'm glad they had their moment. You know, that love for each other. And I mean, that's the last time they'll see each other. So it, it was good yeah. that they at least got to say goodbye. Yeah. Um, so we go, we go to the siege. So the siege began. Um, Cersei's forces get ready. So we have the Golden Company at the gates. We have the Lannister army inside. And then there's the Iron Fleet in uh, in Blackwater Bay. Um, the Hound, Arya, and Jaime make their way into the Red Keep. So the Hound and Arya are on a mission to kill Cersei, and Jaime's on a mission to save Cersei. So um, let's see if that works out. Um, <laughs> so question about the Iron Fleet. Where is Yara? Um, I guess Yara stayed oh, back. Yeah. Yara did the smart thing. She said, you know what? I'm just going to hold these Iron Islands for my homegirl. I'm going to just stay back. <laughs> <laughs> Yara was like, "This is not my problem." Um, so yeah, <laughs> so Yara's not there, but Euron sure is, and mm-hmm. he's out there. <laughs> Unfortunately, so he's out there. He's prepping the scorpions because you know he's already killed a dragon. He can do it again, um, but this time. Our girl Danny is prepared. So she swoops in from the skies. And before they can even get a shot off, she's burning them all. Like she's burned the entire Iron Fleet. And she's very strategic this time around. um, Because this time she's prepared. She's not ambushed. So she actually strategically takes out all the scorpions. So good luck taking out Drogon. It's not happening. And... Euron gets like blasted off his ship. So we didn't even know his fate at this point. We just know his Iron Fleet is gone. Um, Then she like goes through the gates. She gets all the scorpions on on top of the walls. She bursts through the gates of King's Landing and Dragonfire and then takes out the Golden Company. And then that's when like basically all hell breaks loose. So like the Unsullied charge, we see Dothraki screamers go. Um, I guess like the leader of the Golden Company is trying to run away, but Grey Worm gets him. And I'm like, yeah, that's my boy getting some action. (laughs) (laughs) I just loves him. Um, So (laughs) that uh, it's a very... I'm glad to see he's still alive. Right. (laughs) Say, Grey Worm is kicking in there. He's staying alive. Staying alive. (laughs) Uh, staying alive. Anyways, so <laughs> so um, Cersei's. Uh, I, I love how at first Cersei was watching from the Red Keep, all smug, like she got it together, and then you mm-hmm. slowly see her face start to change. Like, oh crap, this isn't working like how I thought it would. Um, so Kyburn and the Mountain arrive, and they pretty much try to convince her. They're like, you know, this is not safe anymore. It's time to go. So she's like, oh, we just need one more shot. That's all we need. You know, and so um, Kyburn's like, yeah, the scorpions, they're all been destroyed. And then she's like, okay, well, the Iron Fleet has Blackwater Bay. And Euron already took out a dragon. He can take out another one. And Kyburn once again bursts her bubble. And he's like, yeah, the Iron Fleet is on fire. The Unsullied have um, breached the gates. Um, the Golden Company is destroyed. 
So then Cersei has like her trump card. Why are you still standing there? Stop standing there. <laughs> like, you think you would think she would see all of this, but clearly she doesn't because she doesn't know anything that's really going on. And then um she's like, okay, well, you know, my Lannister army, they'll fight for me to the death. They're way better than any cell swords, you know, and the Red Keep is going to hold. And Kyvern's like, nah, baby girl, like, no. You lost. Like, cons- like, just go ahead and take this L. So he t- finally convinces her to go back to Magor's Holdfast because that's traditionally the place where queens and their um household have had basically stowed away and waited out wars. They did that in season two with Blackwater Bay, uh, the battle for the Bla- uh battle for the Blackwater. So they decide to go on their way. Um, and at this point, this is when we see like Danny kind of like stopping to take a breath. And we see John and his army standing off against the Lannisters that are still alive. And it's a very tense standoff. And then the bells ring. So we think in our minds, it was like a, like a, a clean uh, sweep. Like we think, okay, they won. Danny didn't kill anybody that didn't deserve to die. It's all good. The bells are rung. Woohoo, victory. They dropped the swords. Yeah, they dropped their swords. They dropped their arms. It's all good. Nope. Danny kind of catches her breath and it's almost like uh, she kind of has almost like a face off with Cersei like I know they don't see each other but it looks like they're like staring at each other and then she sees the red keep which is a symbol of everything that's been taken from her and it's almost like a flip was switched in her mind and you see her face change and then she kind of morphs into this monster and she gets on Drogon and she's like F those bells and then she just unleashes fire on the entire city like she doesn't care who it is everybody's dying so <laughs> that's when we're just like "Ooh, danny yeah <laughs> no we're not ready and that look man was tragic that look was tragic <laughs> when she looked over i was like what's she looking at oh god what she's looking at and then she just took off man yeah i was just like no girl that's not what you should have done that's not what we wanted so i'm Tyrion. (laughs) Tyrion and john are just kind of shocked they're just like whoa and then like john knows in this moment he effed up he's like oh yeah she's crazy (laughs) so (laughs) but that that dragon fire kind of gives the armies the northern armies and the dothraki and the unsullied like a reason to like go crazy like it's a, a immoral free-for-all like you know the dothraki live for this type of stuff so they're like sacking the city it's like the second sacking of king's landing if you remember tywin did the same thing um back before the events of the series and rob at the end of robert's rebellion so they sacked the city they're killing women and children left and right at one point a northern um soldier tries to you know rape uh, one of the peasants john ends up killing him like john's trying to get his his people to stand down they're not doing it at this point there's nothing he can do to stop it they you know they're at war and then i kind of see to a degree um gray Worm, I, I guess the only way he can mourn is by killing others so gray Worm is just taking people out left and right like he was just like spinning stabbing people taking people's heads off like going left to right and i was like yeah you get that anger out boy so <laughs> what really annoyed me about the scene though was john having these moments where the camera would like go into slow motion and then he would just kind (laughs) of stop and think and pontificate and i'm like what are you doing john just (laughs) 
this is a liability you just stopped the process with right now um so that kind of annoying yeah. well john does bit. that all the time yeah. if you notice like john po- pontificates in the middle of battle on a regular basis he just stops and there's like slow-mo camera and he's just like breathing heavy and thinking and brooding so that's just like as you said on brand <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just need him to stop following the rules okay we only got an episode <laughs> left just stop following the rules nah john is john um so <laughs> yep so eventually, um, be, due to the dragon fire, and then apparently there's like cast of uh, wildfire all over the city. It's just too much destruction, too much danger. John tells his people to pull back, and they eventually do. Um, and then you kind of get this really cool shot of Drogon flying over the top of King's Land. That you see his shadow, and it kind of calls back to uh, Bran's vision from, I believe it was season six. Yeah, season six, where he sees a lone dragon flying over King's Landing. And I mean, the prophecy was fulfilled. That was, you know, Danny out here doing her thing. Um, so while all this is going on, Jamie, who did not get the bells rung, but someone else did it. Jamie is trying to find his way into the Red Keep. So he kind of goes, I guess, underneath the Red Keep. Um, and Euron washes up on shore. And these two have not liked each other since the moment they met. They're basically... Um, uh, what's the word for rivals for for Cersei's love and Euron just drops a bomb on him he's like yeah I've been smashing your sister uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just glad he didn't tell him that the baby was his I knew Jamie really would have went off oh god yeah <laughs> so they basically start fighting Jamie kind of holds his own for being one handed he's doing his thing and but Euron gets the best of him and he like stabs him like pretty badly twice like i'm pretty sure he's mortally wounded um but jamie manages to get the better of him and he you know runs him through with his sword and euron is like a douchebag to the very end he's just like oh another king for you and then as like jamie like leaves he's like i'm the man that killed jamie lannister i'm just like oh my gosh like he's just a tool even he lived as he died just a selfish man filled with pride i'm just like dude yeah i just i don't know i felt like jamie deserved better like i would have liked like euron really that's the guy that's gonna take out jamie lannister yeah. i mean you know i i just i felt some type of yeah i'm glad that. he got up because that would have been really disappointing if they would just <laughs> left him landing on the sand Knowing his like combat skills, I was like, "Come on now, Jamie, you got to get up because this is kind of a little bit embarrassing." Yeah, I'm, little but I'm glad he took out Euron. So yeah, he did. I'm glad somebody did because he was getting yeah. on my nerves. I'm gonna be mm-hmm. real with him. Yeah, he could have been early. <laughs> um, so we go back to the Red Keep. So the Hound and Arya, they're on their mission. But the cat, like literally at this point, Danny is blazing up the Red Keep. Like she's setting fire to it, knocking down towers, doing all types of craziness. I mean, I, she was so thirsty for that throne, but she does not care about it at this point. Um, so <laughs> the Hound and Arya are kind of on their way in, and the Hound looks around. And he's like, "This is too dangerous. Like you need to go back. If you go any further with me, you're going to die." And it's almost like 
the hound is showing that he loves Arya the best way that the hound knows how um they've developed a loving relationship in their own special way so he tells her like look revenge is going to get you nowhere i've been trying to get revenge my entire life and it only leads to one place it leads to death like you have your whole life ahead of you get out of here kid um and for once, Arya listens and she leaves and then they have a nice little moment. And she's just like, Sandor, like calling him by his government. Thank you. <laughs> and he nods and they part ways. Um, so I think that was a somewhat of a fitting end to their friendship. I wish I could have seen more of them this season, like on their road trip. But at least we got to see them part ways. Um, so the Hound goes off in search of his brother. And Arya decides to leave the city. So um, this is when we are finally introduced to Clegane Bowl, finally. <laughs> and I think that thing was crazy. Oh, and it was, was beautifully crazy. done. Like, you you see them, like, yeah, on this, was, like, though, yeah. staircase to doom. <laughs> and you see, like, the fire around them. And then, like, Danny's flies by a couple times. Like, it was crazy. Um, but basically, the hound pulls up. And he's like, your grace. Hey, big brother. Like, hey, auntie. And uh, <laughs> he like takes out a couple of Lannister guards, and then Cersei is like, "No, uh, Sir Gregor, stay with me." And like, this is the one time that the Mountain disobeys her, and he walks away. And then Kyburn tries to co-sign and gets killed in the process. <laughs> right? He, like, like, yeah, smashes his you. head You're in. Done. I mean, the, the mountain sure does like love smashing people's heads. But anyways, um, so, so I mean, I uh, whatever. <laughs> I I don't think anyone particularly liked Kyburn. So, uh, bye. Um, so they fight to the death. Essentially, the hound knocks off the mountain's helmet, and we see what he really looks like underneath that helmet. He looks like Deadpool. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, they he could have kept that helmet on. I'd have been good. Yeah. Like, why does he look like a member of the Adams family here? Like, what is going on? <laughs> That's a good description. He looks like Uncle Fester. Right? Seriously, it was like it was like a cross between Uncle Fester and Deadpool. Like, it was just not. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. And it was not pretty to look at. But you know, the uh, the hounds like you look exactly like you've always been your entire life a monster. Um, so they get to fight in, and like there's like all types of like sword fights and bone crushing. Like they're both very strong very good fighters um clearly they're evenly matched and eventually the hound gets the best of it and he runs him through with his sword but the mountain is like a whole frankenstein and he does not die like he was stabbing him in the head he was like stabbing him all over he would not die and like the the hound gets frustrated he's like effing die (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just stabbing them everywhere like nothing that was hilarious I thought that was pretty funny yeah and then yeah. the mountain does his like his his um the good old Oberyn Martell special he like grabs the hound by his head and like tries to gouge his eyes out and her like squish his skull but then the mm. mountain takes it or the hound takes a dagger and stabs him through the skull right through the eye so this is when he's released from him and you know what the hound's like, you know what? I can't kill you with a sword, but we, you about to die one way or another. So he rushes his brother, and then they fall over the walls of King's Landing, down, down, down into the fire. And it's so ironic that the one thing that the hound always feared was fire, and he dies by fire, but he takes his brother out as well. So 
yeah. snaps to you. He had a lot. He had a lot of fight in him. I have a lot of respect for the Hound because I was like, this is not a fair fight. Like the Mountain, he is a beast. <laughs> so I was concerned that the Mountain was going to take him out, and he he went ahead and he was able to get in his licks. So yes. yeah, it, it was a very well done fight. A very well done scene. It, it's actually one of my favorite scenes in this episode. Yeah, it was very theatrical. I loved it. It was it was just like, it was just chaos around them and then they were just fighting. It was great. And I like how it, it paralleled Arya too, how they try to keep that yeah. connection between them, you know, you know, more than just that little goodbye that they had. I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. interesting too. Yeah, there was like intercuts between like when that mountain went to like hit the hound in the face and then it would cut to like Arya falling somewhere. Uh, mm. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty well done. Great job on the editing department. Um, so uh, actually right before the hound and the mountain start fighting, like Cersei like dips off. She's like, okay, y'all got it. And she kind of like... <laughs> She's like, don't say me. Don't it's like that me. Hacking away into the, into the bushes. That's <laughs> so she's like, she's like, okay, y'all got this. Um, and she kind of runs off, and then I guess she goes back to okay the courtyard where she has all like the whole um Westeros painted out, and she sees Jamie, and it's like if she wasn't such an evil person, it would be such a touching moment for her to be reunited with her her lover and her brother, um. And she's like, oh, you're hurt. You're bleeding. And he's just like, I came back to you. And you're just all like, oh, this is who Brienne fell in love with. Like, the hell? Um, <laughs> like, this is what you come back to, your sister. So he, they decide to escape. They try to go underneath the Red Keep, which is where they kept the dragons, where Arya um, wandered off to in season one. But because Danny has been destroying the Red Keep, all the all the exits are blocked off with rubble, so they have nowhere to go. They can't go back into the keep; they'll die. They can't go forward; they're stuck. So, um, Cersei starts to panic, and for the first time, you see Star- Cersei start to lose it, and she starts like kind of hysterically saying, "Like, I don't want to die. I want my baby to live. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Please don't let me die. Not like this." And like Jamie knows they're going to die; he knows it. Um, so he, he does what he can. He sues his sister and he tells her this, the one thing he's been telling her since the very beginning of the series. He tells them nothing matters but us. And he holds her in his arms. He holds her face in his hands as she cries. Um, you notice the placements of his hands are around her throat. <sighs> Prophecy. And they kind of look into each other's eyes and the ceiling of the red keeps falls on them and they're crushed to death. So that's the end of, of Cersei and Jamie. Um, very Shakespearean, a little cliched, um, but that was their end. They came into this oh sorry. <laughs> they came into this world together and they died together. But go ahead, Jamie. This is where the fans got really disappointed was this scene because I saw a lot of feedback about the way Cersei reacted in this moment, that it was completely out of character. And I get it. This is a very climactic moment. She realizes that she is possibly right. going to die. But still, there was just something off to me as well. Like, I agree with people's um, sentiments about this, that it just didn't make sense that she would go into this flailing, I don't want to die. And, you know, just it, it didn't it didn't seem anything that Cersei, the Cersei that we know would do so i i can understand why people were upset by that scene yeah but then you don't really know how people are going to react when they face certain death like this is one of i mean outside of 
Well, she, but then she, it was in her control, though. So, like, remember what the the Battle of the Blackwater? She just was like, "I'm going to poison myself. And I'm going to go out with a G." In this case, like, she doesn't have any of that. Um, she's basically stuck. <laughs> so, um, I, I kind of was like, you know what? And she's pregnant. Like hormones. Like you, you don't know what she's going through. So, I mean, I get uh, the thought of being crushed to death versus just taking some poison might be a little different. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I mean, you really don't know until you face it. So. And I don't think and, she expected Danny to read her like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I don't think she expected to be like on that footing with somebody. Like, I think she right. thought she was just gonna kill Masande and do what she got to do, and then just stand up there in a the red keep, and it's all cool. And but Danny flipped the switch. She was like, right. "No, I'm done." And I think when she was back into that corner like that, and she knew there was no way they was getting out of there, mm-hmm. and James gonna die. like the blood is he's gonna die. So I think she was just like, she was finally in that corner where I think only you could put Cersei and that's the only way you're going to get her to be, you know, that's the only way you can get her to back down. If you right. would have went the other way, she's not backing down. She's going to keep going. She's going to keep stabbing people in the back. I think that was the only way to get her to, you know, cry and get those true feelings, like the true Cersei that you probably wanted to see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I and then I, what was disappointing for me, and again, this is another thing that fans are really upset about, is how Cersei dies. Like, we wanted a homicide, y'all. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted that prophecy to be where someone's hands would, like, I don't know, she would die from strangulation. Like, it would be a real death, not just, like you said, this Romeo and Juliet poetic death between Jamie and Cersei. It was just weak to me. It was disappointing. With all of the dirt that she's done over the years, I just felt like her death should have been more justified in mm. a very direct way rather than just through falling, tumbling blocks and you know, oh, that's the end. That's yeah. the way she perishes. They, they, um, yeah, they, they so, took a Shakespearean yeah. twist to that one. Um, and I was the people were disappointed about the prophecy not being fulfilled, but um, once again, the Valonqar prophecy was never part of the show it was always part of the books so I think it was just book readers getting ahead of themselves but the prophecy as far as her only having three children um, a younger more beautiful queen taking her throne that all happened and then if you really want to twist it um, the Valonqar her little brother Jamie was there she was crying he did have his hands wrapped around her neck I mean for comfort but still <laughs> and then she did suffocate to death yeah. when you get crushed either get crushed or you suffocate in that type of situation so it's, yeah, we can give it to them they kind of twisted it and you know prophecy is not literal so that might have been um, Maggie the Frog's way of saying how she was going to die so eh, yeah yeah I don't know. I was disappointed yeah. in how she died. I mean, it I'm wasn't sure. a homicide, but indirectly it was because Danny caused all that. So, um, sure. yeah, we'll just yeah. deal with that. Sure. It's kind of like, it's kind of like yeah. a biblical thing, too, because with the whole story of uh, um, Samson and Delilah and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 It wasn't, you know, we wanted someone to stab her or choke her out. Didn't work out. But, I mean, she's dead. Yeah. She's crushed to death. So, I mean, that that's pretty bad. So, we'll take yeah. it we'll take it <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's other people out there that are saying that they don't think Cersei's dead oh, since we technically oh she's making that last episode <laughs> she better be dead <laughs> I'm just like really people really believe that but they're like no because we did not see her die you saw oh. a ceiling fall on her head what more do you need <laughs> I mean she ain't the mountain something here I'm just saying 
Yeah, like she take like what Chiron serum, like she's dead. She's gone, people. She's done. She's dust. Like, let it go. That's the end of Cersei. The play the reins of Castamir to make yourself feel better. Um <laughs> so um we kind of are uh, the final scene or final couple scenes is basically Arya making her way back out of the city. So she's in the central location at the Red Keep. She's trying to make her way outwards. Kind of hard to do with um Danny lighting up the streets. Um and so she ends up getting trampled at one point by people fleeing the city. They're reminiscent of John in the Battle of the Bastards when he was getting trampled on by his own men. Same deal. Um, but she gets saved by the, the mother and her daughter. They pull her up. Um, they all try to escape together. At one point, they get separated. Um, you see uh, Arya on the ground, covered in ash and blood. So you're like, oh my God, is she okay? She gets up. And at this point, I'm telling myself, Arya should have stayed her little butt home. Like... <laughs> Is she like what you have no business being out on these streets? You didn't even kill Cersei. Like you had one job. Um <laughs> so, so you know what I'm saying? She gets she tries to uh, save the, the mother and the daughter. Um the mother ends up getting hurt because there's a bunch of like Dothraki going to the city, like taking people out. She gets hurt, they try to pick her up, and then Danny swoops in and lights them up. Um and so um Arya awakens. You basically I, I do appreciate how they they you care about what happens to the common folk when it's seen through the eyes of someone you care about which is Arya. so i do appreciate how they kind of broke uh the destruction of king's landing through Arya's eyes um so at some point with the dragon fire she passes out she wakes up and you see like it looks like snow but it's ash and it kind of reminds me of the vision that um danny saw in season two when she was in the house of the um undead or the house of the dead she actually uh, walked into the iron throne room the ceiling was gone and there was snow falling and a lot of people said that was basically reminiscent of john snow but at this point i'm just like no nah, that was ash yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that was ash um so uh Arya gets up she looks around she's kind of assessing the damage she sees the mother and her daughter burnt alive um still holding each other and you can clearly see that she's traumatized like this has really taken a hold of her she's never seen this type of carnage even in you know the long night when they're battling the the army of the dead this just this didn't affect her as bad as seeing this like human lives destroyed um and she is almost like uh i would say hope walked in and you see this white horse come out of nowhere and she connects with the horse, she gets on the horse and she rides off and then it cuts to black. Um, so I'm not even really sure of the significance of the whole of the horse. To me, it was hope, maybe. I don't know. What do you think, Jamie? Well, I actually asked this question on Twitter because I'm like, you know, in Game of Thrones, everything means right. something. So um apparently this is a biblical metaphor in the book of Revelation. Oh, the white, the white horse. horse that death rides a pale horse mm. um so yeah uh that's what the the symbolism means okay and that makes perfect At sense from the fans perspective i don't know if the tv show runners have actually had said this in interviews yet mm-hmm. um but yeah uh that's that's what it's been interpreted as yeah i haven't seen anything about the showrunners confirming that but that makes perfect sense um and if you if you go back to the history of westeros the faith of the seven is based on catholicism so it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense that they would put a biblical reference in there and and i mean at the end of the day um 
the many-faced god is technically the god of death and Arya was once his servant so it makes sense for her to hop on a pale horse i get it makes sense mm-hmm. yeah another biblical metaphor <laughs> for this episode yep yep um, so that wraps the episode. Um, we get treated to a very short trailer for next week. Basically, it shows Arya looking at Danny, Tyrion looking at Danny. They don't look very happy. And then Danny walks out before her army and we cut to black. So we'll see how the people take her. I, I don't know what Danny's fate's going to be. A lot of people are saying she's going to die. Yeah. I, I think when you put out that much destruction and death among massive amounts of people, you have to die. Like there's, there's no, you know, just there, there's gotta be a way to redeem those innocent souls. And, uh, you know, we saw what happened to her father. He came to an end. So I think she's going to suffer the same fate. I mean, I don't know who's going to be the one to do it. A lot of people are saying maybe it will be Arya. Um, but I, I don't see Danny living past the final episode. Yeah. I mean, I think if anyone kills her, it might be John. But I don't know. I mean, I know she caused I think that would be so obvious, though. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, so like another Juliet poetic moment. <laughs> you know, she's killed by her own lover. Like, I don't know. It just... Yeah, well, I hope they don't go that route. It just reminds me of in the books there was a character that was very much like I guess uh, they would say that John is a reincarnation of Azora Ahai, and I just he killed his his lover, so uh, you know might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I don't know. I just my feelings are you know she did create she did cause carnage. She did kill many innocent people, but so did Robert. You know, so and he had and Tywin sacked King's Landing um, and, you know, the people kind of moved on from it and they went about their lives and they accepted him as kings. At the end of the day, um, when you take a throne by conquest, like the people have no choice, (laughs) like you're the king. I mean, how do you think the Targaryens first, you know, got their power through fire and blood? So Danny did this. Danny did what a Targaryen does. Um, so right. I'm not sure if she's going to be punished for that because I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not sure. It's very great what she did. I, I, I'm not sure if it was wrong or right. She was to a degree justified, but at the same time, she was dead wrong because innocent lives were killed. So I, I don't know. It's just the wages of war. I don't know what's going to happen to Danny. I don't. I personally don't want her to die. I think she um, made a mistake in her emotions considering what was going on with her all her friends die everyone she knew and loved was gone the one man she loves is pulling away from her she's not loved in this country Cersei basically played her she's also a product of incest um insanity runs in her family so it's just kind of like all this basically this boiling pot and 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 it just kind of exploded so I'm not really mad at Danny. I'm just like, eh, girl, you did a little bit too much, but hopefully you pull <laughs> back from this and you become a, a good queen. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I think she just did a little bit too much. But I, I kind of thought the episode before this, I kind of thought she was going to go in with the dragon blazing. I kind of already saw that happening because, like I said, I think that's the only way you get to somebody like Cersei. You, there's no, like, obviously you're not going to talk to her and walk in there. She's already bringing in, like, the innocent people and everything. I just think the amount was a bit much, you know, like, she burnt the whole Red Keep, the whole, you know. But, so that the amount was a bit much. But I think she, I don't know, I don't think I was as mad as, like, some of the people I saw on Twitter at her. Yeah. For what she did, because I felt like she had to make, like, a choice. Um, You know, similar to what you're saying, Angela, I think she just, like, she was backed into a corner. 
And what right. was she going to do? Like, she's not going to walk in there and be like, hey, you know, why don't we just, you know, solve this and let the little, you know, let the kids and the babies go, you know, let's work this out. Because that mm-hmm. wasn't going to happen. She tried that, though. She tried that on the last episode. And guess what right. happened? Masande's head got chopped off. So, I mean, can you really be mad at her? Yeah. So, I don't I don't know. I, but yeah, I did see a lot of people on Twitter was just like, why would she do that? And it was kids and women. And then I was like, but she's, I mean, that's the kind of move she had to make to be, to get on the throne. And then, like, my feelings are like, people, where was this energy when Cersei blew up the set? <laughs> like, right. I was still mad about that. The Terrells were in there, the brother and sister were in there, and I was like, does she have to blow up everybody? Yeah. But I think because we expect that from Cersei, this we don't quite expect from Danny, even though there have been small hints throughout the series that she has these tendencies, right. but she's not like outright vicious you know, maniacal kind of killer like Cersei is. um, Let me just break down uh, Danny's Uh rap sheet because my whole, she's been ruthless (laughs) since season one. So first, first burning, like I'm just lost why people are so shocked she did this. She burned um, Miri Mazdor in season one. She burned the house of the undying in season two. She burned Astapor in season three she crucified the masters of marine both the 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 evil and the innocent she didn't care she said kill 600 of them johns and line them up all right she um executed mm. masador um be, for betraying her she's ex- she's executed countless people including the tarleys um she she burned and oh she burned marinese noblemen too remember when she brought them down to um so where she kept the dragons underneath Marine, and she just oh, randomly burned yeah, people. That was a, yeah. Okay. That's, that's pretty scary. Yeah, that was pretty scary right there. Yeah. All right. Oh, look, I'm not done. She burns Vastoth Rock. <laughs> okay. She burns all the calls. Only one call was really mean to her. She burned them all. All right. She burns the wagon train that all the, with the Lannister army. Okay. Poor um Ed Sheeran got his face burned off. All right. And then she burns King's Landing. So this has been foreshadowed since day one. Danny has always been ruthless, but people never had an issue with it because they thought she was justified. But because innocent, quote unquote, innocents were killed in, in this particular setting, they have an issue. But she's been killing innocents from day one. She's been ruthless. She's been tactful. And she's been basically laying down the hammer since season one. So why are people surprised now? I don't Maybe know. Maybe they're mad because they got tricked. <laughs> How <laughs> they got like they they got fed this belief that she's this hero that you know that she's oh, yeah, they flipped the script yeah but all the good people this episode yeah but yeah. now she's turned out to be the biggest villain in this series but is she a villain or is she just winning her throne back by conquest and what I love about this series is that hardly any character is purely sure. good like we have the johns we have the masandes but if you think about it most of the characters on the show are gray and flawed and danny is one yeah. of them yes she was presented as this perfect princess but danny has always been dark since you know cal drogo died she's never been you know this prim little thing she's never been that way so for people to be like i she's to my mind she's still a hero like she did what she had to do. She's a Targaryen. They went through conquest, conquest, fire, and blood. That's what she did. So, I mean, as she said before, um, future generations will see her mercy, but this one right here, 
she gonna take care of. So I'm not mad at it. I'm sorry. Y'all could flame me. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, but I'm not mad at it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I get yeah, I really don't think I'm mad at her either. I just and I also and actually when I thought that when I first watched the episode, I felt kind of bad about it because I was like, I knew she was gonna have to do something like this to get through. And I was like, oh, maybe she's trying to, maybe we, they're trying to make her out this evil person and we need to flip on her. But I mean, like you're saying, this is, this is what she had to do to get to the throne. And if you think about like, I mean, this wasn't as many, but you remember with the Night Watch when John was betrayed with the little boy that he ended up having to kill because he was just going down the line to kill all of them to make sure there was no more betrayal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that some, it's that, you know, I mean, he was, he was still young. I mean, it was a little kid that he had to kill, but it was like that betrayal. Like she wants to basically wipe everybody mm-hmm. out so she can start over. You know, right. anybody that's not on her side, she's trying to start over. So, I mean, the only way you can do, especially when you have somebody like Cersei in everybody's head ruling everybody, that's the only way you're going to get the control that you want is to wipe everybody out, which is kind of sad, but. Yeah. That's why I'm still processing this. I'm just like, I don't have like a strong opinion one way or the other. Um, I can see it from both sides, but it's it's understandable why the audience is so divided on this episode because many fans were coming out with completely different expectations. And, and some fans saw this like you, Angelica, kind of saw this happening from from all along. So it's just interesting how we've all interpreted the uh, the episode. I just want to point out that those same fans that have an issue with Danny's um, arc are the same fans that said the slow had bad writing. Like the show had bad writing. Like you can't even follow a basic story arc people. Like, I'm sorry. I'm in my feelings about this. Um, <laughs> like you write it better than, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can't please people. But like, it's interesting though. Cause it's from book purists. It's from people that have read the book that are upset as well as people that just watch the TV show. That's upset. So it's all different kinds of fans. It's not, one type of fan that have issues with this art right. for Danny, which is mm. which is interesting. It's very interesting. I, I would have expected the book fans to be okay with it, but um, yeah, not so much. I'm, yeah, eh, what I, I mean, you live and you learn. Um, I'm not like I said. I'm not mad at you, Danny. Do you, boo boo? You did exactly what Masande told you to do, drug addies. So I'm not mad at it. Um, but <laughs> let's um <laughs> let's get to some some questions and reactions from some fans um let's see they have there was a lot today okay this is just kind of a general observation this is from joelle grell at will's dark lady whatever people think of danny the writing various deaths etc i have all the fits if ramen dawadi isn't nominated for and wins every award for his season eight scores these episodes wouldn't be half what they are without his music i mean episode five's tracks were just ugh. No lies detected. And also <laughs> that score at the end with Arya and getting on the white horse, that scene was just gorgeous. I, I loved that score. And the score just kind of helps, you know, make the scene even more significant and just more poignant. So I, I loved every bit of it. I agree with that tweeter. Yeah, definitely agree. Rami is doing his thing. He, I mean, he made the most epic theme song of all time. Of so all time, yeah. Give that man an Emmy. And the the uh, season eight album for this because I have to find a lot for the show is pretty pretty good too. It's pretty epic. I was surprised what they came up with. Yeah, yeah, okay. he did an amazing job. Um, so this next uh, person asked us a couple questions, so we'll see if we can cover them all. Um, Cortland Davis at Koyogi twenty nine. He has four questions. Uh, first question. So 
Varys was attempting to poison Danny in the beginning of the episode? No. He was writing letters to reveal Jon Snow's parentage. Um, his second question is, Drogon learned to bob and weave from the last episode? Question mark. I, I, dragon. <laughs> I guess he was saying because uh, I mean, but Drogon has always bobbed and weaved. Like he's never get, gotten taken out by a scorpion. He's always avoided that. So he, he's he's been doing what he's doing since the beginning. I guess. Well, um, I was saying on Twitter that like Drogon has a dog in this fight because he's a single you know sibling now. <laughs> you know, two of his brothers were taken out, so he has every right to be just as furious and angry as. Danny is so I I mean yeah bobbing and weaving left and right because he, <laughs> he's got revenge too <laughs> agreed um his third question is so is Arya the prince that was promised um now the word for prince in high valerian is um unisex it's prince or princess because there's no in high valerian there's no he there's no uh female and male pronouns it's just is um I don't I'm not sure if Arya is the prince that was promised. That prophecy was never really touched on on the show. Um, I don't think it played a part at all. Uh, yeah, I just don't think it was part of the show. I think the only prophecies they really touched on were uh, Maggie the Frogs and um, uh, maybe a, a little bit of Azor High as far as uh, Stannis being, you know, the ch- the chosen one. Um, but I don't think Arya was the prince that was promised. That's that's just my take on it. Do you guys have? any thoughts on that yeah because i yeah i was trying to think back i don't think yeah because she couldn't be yeah i don't think she's the princess promise because yeah i I just kind of saw her as like the warrior that just kind of comes you know like nobody saw uh, taking out the night king but i don't think that has anything Mm -hmm. to do with the you know the prophecy from the past yeah i feel like that's two different you know i don't think that plays into her character I i don't think she is what do you think jamie Oh, I, I have no idea. Like that <laughs> prophecy is not one that I've entertained, so I, I don't know. But we know that that's not that's not her call in life. No, so. it's not. Yeah, it was basically um this was more more of the books. Um Rhaegal, um he, he wanted to have a third child who he prophesied that that they would be the prince that was promised. So, um, I mean, I, I, that would be John, in my opinion. But again, that prophecy never was really talked about on the show. So I, I don't I don't think it applies. Um, and then his last question is, hope this isn't going to end up like Lost where everyone is dead or they're in the eyes of a giant or something. <laughs> Thank God, no. That is by far the most disappointing and worst season finale series finale of all time yeah Yeah, i i hope not that'll make that'll really make people angry yeah (laughs) people are mad now oh my gosh it'll yeah and it's those the showrunners may have to go in hiding for a few years (laughs) they already don't like them um but yeah people were like i hope they don't have a sopranos type ending i don't think so they're going to wrap up the story i I mean i don't think everyone is going to die i know a few more people are going to end up dying next episode that's just the nature of game of thrones um but i'm Mm -hmm. sure they're going to wrap it up um they've always said that the ending will be bittersweet so we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, that's it for our questions. 
All right. Well, thanks, guys, for listening to episode five of the Thrones Y'all podcast. Please follow us on Twitter. We live tweet every Sunday night. Of course, next week will be the final night for us to live tweet. We use the hashtag Thrones Y'all and follow us on at Black Girl Nerds, at Black Girl Geeks, and of course on at BGM Podcast. You can tweet your questions there and we will address them on ne- next week's show. And thank you, Ryan and Angelica, for tonight's discussion. This was fun. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Thank you. See you guys next week. Bye.